Welcome to Ladies Roadmap. Are you finally at the point in life where you actually have a little time to think about yourself? What does that look like? If you're ready for positive change and an enriched life, then come along as we take you inside the stories of thought-provoking guests who reveal their knowledge, experience, reinvention, and an overall passion to live a full, beautiful life. Yes, expect to uncover your deepest self and turn your dreams into reality. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the show. As you know, Lana and I travel all over the country interviewing thought-provoking women, and today we are in beautiful downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, at the top of a penthouse. Lana, actually, this is one of her clients. She she did the design of it last year, last summer, actually, and I kept seeing little pictures, and we've posted a few pictures, and now it's all done, so we'll, we'll now post the finished pictures. Yeah, it's pretty great up here. We're on the 41st floor, and we have a beautiful view of Charlotte and the skyline here in Charlotte. We feel so lucky to be here, and we're so fortunate that my client's letting us use the condo for uh, a podcast today. Yes, and so speaking of that, let's get to it. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about, um, in our journal, about how we have a little more space sometimes in our life at this point. And there's a lot of things we can do with that space. We can reinvent ourselves. we can try something new, or some of us are just feeling a little bit tired and they just want to do nothing. Yeah, I mean, as we're traveling around the country and we're doing our Ladies Roadmap Journal uh, meetups, we're meeting women. Some are still reinventing themselves. Many are, like Joe Jamie said, just deciding that maybe they just want to volunteer a few days a week. And really the premise of Ladies Roadmap and how we started Ladies Roadmap is Joe Jamie and I felt like we wanted to continue to grow and learn and be fulfilled and meet amazing women like we're going to meet today. And with the podcast, we're finding that to be true. But again, we are meeting the women that are saying, we just want to do something a few days a week. So we decided focusing on giving back and volunteering would be would make a great show. And we have today a gold standard in women's uh, advancement and work for disadvantaged women and getting them back into careers and back out into the world. And many of you may have heard Dress for Success. And Dress for Success is an international organization and they have really implemented a program that that works. And we have today the Chief Executive Director, Curry O'Connor, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are thrilled to have her and she's gonna talk to us all about Dress for Success. Welcome, Welcome, Curry. Welcome, Curry. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And what a view. Pretty we, nice. Yeah, yeah, we have a good day today. The, weather's, the, the sun peaked out for us. It was pretty dreary the other day when it was raining, but now it's nice. So we are so happy to have you with us here today. And Dress for Success, you know, the first time I ever heard the word Dress for Success or the term, I... I didn't think that it would be the kind of organization that it is. I didn't think of it as a nonprofit that would help disadvantaged women. It sounded more like how to put your power suit on and go be more powerful right. in the world. So tell us a little bit about, if you don't mind, let's digress a minute. Let me stop there. Tell us a little bit about 
how you came into Dress for Success and maybe what your career path was before. Sure. We'd love to hear that. Well, I came to know Dress for Success when I lived in Cleveland, Ohio, and I thought it was a fabulous organization helping women to secure employment uh, as a means to achieve economic independence and ultimately to strengthen their family. Um, Some of the women that were coming through the program were three generations in poverty. Some were in situational poverty uh, as the economy kind of goes in and out and up and down. And I just thought, what a great program to surround these women who maybe have no networks of their own that can lead them and mentor them and give them the support and that boost of confidence. And so often the first point of contact with the organization is through that power suit. Um, but that's often the first point of contact and what they do beyond that. I'm sorry, when you say power suit, does that mean someone like yourself, because you were an executive at the time, donating your power suit to the organization? Is that what you're talking about? Well, it could be any one of us that donates uh, an item that is interview appropriate, um, something that's in season and style, um, or it could be a company that uh, sponsors a corporate suiting drive among their employees. Um, There's really a number of ways that you can contribute to it, but ultimately the goal is to find that perfect outfit for that woman who's going into interview. She doesn't have the means. She may not have ever owned a suit before. So it's not just giving her the outfit, but also the, the, what we call the finishing touches, the jewelry, the shoes, everything that's going to pull that together and give her that boost of confidence mm. because we all know. Right. You feel when, good. Exactly. You look good, you feel good, and then you exude that confidence. If the three of us were going to a special event next Tuesday, we would know between now and then what we're going to wear. And then if we wake up that morning and we're having a bad hair day or our skin color is a little bit off, we, we have other options. But for women who are interviewing, if they don't have the means or they don't know what is appropriate uh, interview attire, then this for them is a lifeline. And it also, suiting a woman in this program is like breaking bread. It's very spiritual. And when they find out you're there to help suit them and find that, that outfit that's going to empower them, they're open to receiving additional information. So I just thought it was a fabulous program and, and a, a holistic and wraparound approach to, to serving the woman and her individual needs. Had you been with nonprofits before? I had, and that was kind of an interesting um, uh, uh, change in my journey. I always thought I'd be doing something else, and I kind of landed in nonprofit because I had a, a moment in my life where everything that I wanted to do um, wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. And so I joined the VISTA program, which is uh, sort of like a domestic Peace Corps. It oh. stands for Volunteers mm-hmm. in Service to America. Um, I made a one-year commitment, and I wound up with a nonprofit organization. Um, and I quickly saw that the resources that we have in our country um, is everything that those who are in vulnerable populations need. And so bringing those resources to the need became um, a passion. I think that sounds like a great passion and very rewarding. Just like you said, I can imagine dressing a woman and just watching her whole being change as she sees herself and feels good in a in a in a suit or a or a dress. 
That must be really rewarding. It's rewarding because we see um, once those finishing touches are completed, we have a mirror in our space here at our affiliate in Charlotte. And above the mirror, it says, I am a woman of power. Mm. And so even though she has a mirror in her dressing room, when we get her into the boutique, and our boutique is designed like a boutique you'd find in midtown Manhattan. It's gorgeous. And she stands in front of the mirror that's where we really see the transformation. And we always say that the women leave four inches taller than when they came in, and it has nothing to do with the shoes that we gave them. It has everything to do <laughs> with great. the fact that they know that they are worthy of the experience. That's giving me chills, actually. Yeah. Just yeah, I, I think it's amazing. Well, now, if, if a woman doesn't have the means, and maybe they've really had hard luck, maybe it was be, because of a divorce, there could be so many reasons. What do they, what is the process? Take us through the process for them to get to your program and be accepted. How does that work? Sure. Um, the model of Dress for Success is really so unique in that a number of these women have been to multiple social service agencies. So think of it, um, if you will, if you're going to the doctor's office for the first time. The first thing they do is they, f they give you a clipboard. They ask you to fill out the paperwork, and then they tell you that they'll call you when they're ready. The difference with the model at Dress for Success is we work with over 60 referral agency partners here. And every Dress for Success affiliate is different. Um, but we know all about the client before she comes in. So we know what her size is. We know what her color preferences are. We know what's unique about her body shape. Does she have broad shoulders? Does she have long legs? Is her top size bigger or smaller than her bottom size? So we can give her that Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom experience of being the personal style consultant that is bringing to her items based on what she has said she wanted, not what we believe she wants. And then the other part of that is we can help her find that outfit that fits her unique body shape. Um, some women feel like they're dressing a little matronly or like their mother, and we let them know that dressing for um, an interview is different than going out um, Friday night with your right. grandpa's. Some people have, you do, some women do need to be taught. It's an education. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, then, so is the criteria very stringent to, to get approved or be able, I mean, you can't just be... You can't walk in off the street. Right. We'd have no means of controlling that. And we want to treat each woman individually in respect. And so the appointment is, in fact, a professional appointment. This is an appointment for them to see, you know, show up on time, come right. by yourself, and then they will be greeted individually by a style consultant. Style consultant will bring them into the boutique, escort them into a private dressing room. Our space is fully handicap accessible. But the beauty of the referral agency Working in partnership with us is we know the woman is income eligible. We know that she is actively interviewing or perhaps scheduled okay. for an interview um, or participating in a job fair. Um, and we find that some of the women are more ready for that than others. And if we find that they're really not ready for that interview, maybe they don't have a resume, they need a mock interview, they need to really hone in on some of those soft skills that we take for granted, then we would direct them to a program to address those specific needs. So again, the referral agency lets us know this is a woman who is income eligible and ready okay. to take that next step. So when you get them, they're pretty ready to go. We hope so. And if not, we've developed programs, our continual workforce development programs, which will be suited to them and yeah. their individual needs. I thought that was really interesting. You even had, it showed you had classes that teach women literacy for fin finance, financial literacy. So Correct. they know how to manage their money once they get it and how and how much money into and how to budget and, and how much money maybe they need to ask for from that employer. 
So, so there's a lot amazing. more to the program than just dressing them. Absolutely. So so tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you know, that's kind of a catch-22 because Dress for Success as an international organization has a very strong brand. Um, here in Charlotte, we see more than 800 women cross our threshold every year. Um, so for those who can't get past the Dress for Success part of it, um, we let them know that we really are a women's empowerment center providing a full continuum of workforce development services. And the journey begins when they walk through that door. How long they stay with us depends on how long they need to or how long they want to. Some women will come in 30 times a year. And each program that they touch, their um, success rate gets higher and higher and higher. So once she comes in for the interview, if she gets the job, we invite her to come back for an instant working wardrobe, up to five more outfits. And we do that for a couple of reasons. One is we have the inventory because our community is so generous, but also when we can get her back in and give her those five more outfits, then that might take about an hour and a half because we already have established a relationship. What she needs to really focus her time on at that point is navigating public transportation and the infrastructure in Charlotte is not as good as some cities, and it takes a little bit of time to learn that. They also need to find the right childcare. The majority of our clients are single head of household. 10% mm. are parenting grandchildren and next of kin. So they have a lot of things that they need to take care of before they walk into that new job on that first day. That is very stressful. So if we can take some of that stress off their plate and then free up some of the capacity to you know, address those things that are critical to successfully navigating into the workplace, then that's why we do that. Well, tell us, since we were talking about the volunteerism, how does that work if I wanted to come help address for success? What do you have different departments that you put people in based on their um, abilities? How sure. does that work? We are so fortunate in Charlotte. We have over 1,000 volunteers who support us annually. Um, about 25 to 30% of those are what we call regular volunteers. They'll come in more than once. They may come in every week as a style consultant to work one-on-one -on -one with our clients. Um, it could be an attorney that comes in and does a panel on you know, knowing your rights in the workforce. It could be an HR professional who comes in to sit down with you and do a mock interview or to help you take that next step when you're ready to advance your career. So one hour of your time can, in fact, change the direction of a woman's life. Wow. Some yeah. women are, uh, some of our volunteers are compassion-fueled. They want to come in and do whatever needs to get done. It could be sorting a pile of clothes that just came in as part of a donation. It could be working one-on-one -on -one with the client. Um, and so what we ask our volunteers to do, or those who are interested in learning about volunteer opportunities, come through an orientation. Learn about all the different ways that you can contribute, and then decide what is going to fulfill you, because we will then match you up with whatever it is that you'd like to do, providing it, it works with our schedule. Well, it sounds like you must have a couple of fundraisers or something a year. We do. We do. We're 100% dependent on... Um, funding from individuals and corporations. Special events, um, I call them necessary evils, but they are very important to helping to move forward the mission of the organization. So we do three what we call internal fundraisers a year, which means our team manages that along with our board of directors and our, our volunteer committee members. One coming up is very interesting. It's the football finale. And uh, the football finale is held four days after the Super Bowl. And one of the unique things about Charlotte is there's more retired NFL players in Charlotte than anywhere in the country because it's such a great place to live. Yeah. yeah. Once they come, then they say, I'm staying here. I'm mm -hmm. staying here. And so um, 
we love for the players to come out to this event, uh, the former players, because they're still relevant. They know the game. They're passionate about the game. And what we ask them to do is break down a few key plays of the Super Bowl and explain how things happen the way that they happen. Wow. <laughs> great. Now, and all the guys show up for that, I'm they, sure. Well, uh, as many women show up for they that do as, they? as men. It's 50-50. <laughs> There's a lot of women who like football. Yeah, there are. <laughs> and um, what's really nice about it, if you've ever watched the football draft, um, when a player is yeah. drafted by a team and they take the podium and they get their jersey and they get the cap with the team name on it, the first thing they do is they give two shout-outs. One is to their Lord and Savior, and one is to their mom. Yes, they And the reason for that is a lot of these players have been raised by single strong mothers. single moms. Mm -hmm. They get it. So to come out and support the organization in such a unique way, while well, they're having a lot of fun, and then, of course, there's this banner, especially if they ever played against each other, but it's <laughs> very great. interactive. Um, we do another event in May called Shake, Swagger, and Stroll. I've seen that. Yes, it's, it's a power walk to uh, promote health and wellness among our clients, but also gives men a very unique opportunity to come out and raise the heel for women. So they swagger about the length of a football field in stilettos, Mary Janes, pumps. <laughs> I think I would love to see that. That's, That's all they, I mean, they come out in their T-shirts and their shorts, so it's not, you know, anything more than that. Yeah. But it really is a lot of fun, and they raise funds and um, compete for top fundraiser, best in shoe, which is best That's in so show. Funny, best in shoe. Um, and then best swagger. And then, of course, because we're in the South, we have a Bless His Heart Award. Of course. You got that. Competition. And then we come out with a Swagger of the Month calendar that we unveil at our third fundraiser, oh. which is the Ultimate Power Lunch. And that is to really showcase the programs beyond the suiting, all the different steps to success a woman will take in her journey. You know, it's funny you were talking about that one. I was reading um, that you even have uh, one of your local news anchors, Maureen O'Boyle. Yes, love and, Maureen. Yeah, and I was reading that, and I love what she said about it. She said it was such an inspiring event. She said, by lifting one woman out of poverty, six others are likely to follow. Is that true? Are you finding that? That is Absolutely true. That statistic first came out several years ago by the um, Cincinnati Women's Impact Fund report. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, our featured speaker at our Ultimate Power Lunch this past September did in fact lift six family members out of poverty. And so she shared her story. Um, and this goes to also the talent that crosses our threshold. That woman connected to the Dress for Success in New York. And then she moved here. She took a huge leap of faith, $500 in her pocket, few suitcases and wow. moved to Charlotte because wow. she was living in the projects in New York and she wanted more for her family. So she had three children, single mom, came to, um, to Charlotte and then reached out to our affiliate here in Charlotte because she had that connection and she knew that it would be this instant wraparound support and right. a great network for her. That was um, almost 10 years ago. I hired her as our part-time program assistant. Um, she just was a just such an asset to the organization, great with the clients, great with the referral agencies, was promoted to coordinator of client services, and then two years ago promoted her to manager of client services. So that's the talent that crosses our threshold, and I cannot imagine our organization without her. So not only did she lift her three children out of poverty, but her daughter's boyfriend moved from the projects, and they got married and now have three children. It's amazing. Aww. So she has broken that cycle of poverty that her family has experienced for generation, and she's leading the way. Were you working with Dress for Success? No. Before, but when you came here, you were. 
Well, I was working for an organization in Ohio, but out of my Charlotte home office. I read an article that the organization shut down in August of 2005, and um, they did a follow-up article in November of that year. And at that point, everyone in my family was pretty settled in our new, new community. And I reached out and said, I just think this organization does fabulous things. If there's any interest in bringing it back to Charlotte, I'd like to be a part of that conversation. So I shared my background, which was nonprofit management. And prior to that, I was involved with the media. So I knew how to put a story in front of the media so it was easy to tell. Um, and uh, they put me in touch with some of the former board members who regrettably had to uh, make the decision to shut it down. Wow, so you really started it back up here. So there were five of us that got back together, and then I went out and did a, a development audit among 20 stakeholders that they suggested I talk with, and um, I found that not only was the need here, but the support was here as well. Mm -hmm. So we wrote a new business plan, submitted it to Dress for Success Worldwide, reopened our doors in very, very late 2006. And so our first full year of operation was 2007. What do you think was the turning point for you to get this back rolling? What, 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 was this, what happened before and then what did you bring to the table, do you think, that helped it really get rolling again? Uh, I think it was timing. I think it was I had some of the nonprofit um, skills that were lacking among the original chapter. And that's not to say that they were lacking um, commitment or dedication. It was, it was a volunteer-run organization, um, but there was a lack of um, sustainable funding and a lack of consistency in the way the programs and services were being delivered. You just knew how to really make it work like a business. Well, I, I think it was a combination of the right people coming back together um, and sitting at the table together. And the five of us um, just had a very unique um, role in the new board. We had our board chair. We had our um, governance liaison. We had um, a bookkeeper who served as our treasurer, an accountant, I should say. Um, I had the nonprofit. And then we had someone who knew folks in the community. She was our community liaison. So I think it was just the right yeah. folks coming together at the right, the right time, time and the right usually, energy. Yeah, which is usually what makes for a successful right. organization or business. So it's an international organization. It is. But you said it's run a little differently in, in every it's chapter. city. Sure. So each, um, there's uh, 155 affiliates currently. There are, um, we're in 30 countries. And so um, I have the privilege of serving on the worldwide board of directors. And so I get to see some fabulous business plans that come in, um, people who are committed to opening an affiliate all around the world. What an affiliate looks like depends on a number of things, what the need is in the community, um, the folks that they pull together to launch the program, and the corporate partners who are willing to get behind it. So each one, in a sense, it's kind of like a franchise. We all have to adhere to standards of accountability. Mm -hmm. um, we all have to follow a timeline in terms of what programs we're delivering when. Um, some affiliates are sharing space with other nonprofit organizations. Some are standalones. We are in a space, um, 5,040 square feet, um, in the south end, which is exploding. Um, yes. So each one looks a little bit differently, but we do share best practices. And we've been very, very fortunate here in Charlotte. We have a number of programs that we've been able to deliver. Um, you to have a big A-list of support, uh, companies that support we do. Dress for Success here, which I'm sure is huge. We do. And Charlotte, um, Charlotte does a great job hiding poverty. 
Mm. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. city. Um, it, within two weeks, I read a report, U.S. News and World Report, ranked Charlotte one of the 20 best places to live in the country. And then Harvard and USC Berkeley come out with a study that ranks Charlotte 50 out of 50 in terms of upward economic mobility. And what that means is if you're born into the lowest quintile of poverty, your chances of staying there are more than 36%. If you're African-American or Hispanic, your chances of staying in that lowest quintile are even greater. Your chances of ascending to the top quintile, about 4%. Now, one of the things that came out in the paper today was a commitment from a couple of our corporate partners, Bank of America and Allied being two of the three that have just committed 70,000, or I'm sorry, $70 million um, for affordable housing because we are 24,000 units short of affordable housing. And to really understand what that is, is if you're working a minimum wage job here in Charlotte, in order to afford a two bedroom apartment, you need to work 103 hours. It's expensive everywhere. I mean, people, I know when we moved here from California originally, yeah. and everybody thought it was going to be so much less expensive here. Really, really not. It was not that much less expensive. You could buy a house for less than you could buy a house in California. Sure. But everything else was the same, and some of it was even more. Right. So it's not an inexpensive city to live in. It's not. And if you look at what's happened in um, Charlotte in the past five years, the number of um, uh, apartment units that have been built and another 25,000 um, that are on the planning board, the people you depend on the most to provide the services in those areas can't afford to live right. in that area. So again, you're looking at infrastructure, you're looking at public transportation, even with the light rail and um, the expansion of the light rail, people are moving further and further away from it. So access to public transportation to get into the job becomes yeah. just... And they haven't really planned, they they really didn't plan for the growth, and it is exploding, and then the roads become worse and getting more and more like Atlanta. Absolutely. So that's that's a whole other topic. But, well, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the Dress for Success organization here since you took hold? Sure. You know, technology is always a challenge. There is a huge socioeconomic um, uh, a digital divide uh, based on so- socioeconomic status, generational culture. Um, we see uh, after the recession, we saw more older women coming to us for services. The nest egg that they thought they had was no more. Mm. Um, when you have an 81-year-old coming through your doors looking for a suit to go and find a job, that's very telling. So sad. I, you know, when I'm 81, I know. if I'm still here, Hopefully, (laughs) you know, I have a very different vision of how I'm spending those days. So um, we also have young women um, who come to us who, you know, opted out of the workforce to raise a family and their skills are rusty. Um, You're looking at more companies that are um, holding phone interviews and Skyping and, Mm -hmm. you know, so teaching the soft skills that do not always come through an application when you're submitting it online, it's critical. They have to feel comfortable in front of the microphone. They have to be comfortable talking to someone on a phone. They they need to know um, that there's a number of things, behavioral questions that the, the employers are going to be asking. So it's really more preparation in different ways than we're used to. Um, are you able to do all of that at your location we are. here? You, so we you, are. So you don't have to you don't have to send people to other locations for that kind of training. 
No, and in fact, we have a number of companies that commit to coming into our career center on a regular basis. And so when we know they're coming, those are the appointments we schedule when they're, when they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, setting up LinkedIn accounts, using social media. Yeah. Um, all of those things so that, much. you know, when I went for my first job, we filled out an application. <laughs> right. We had our resumes, but now everything is done online. In fact, who takes paper applications anymore? So the other thing that is important is our career center expanded by more than 200% this 2018. Um, okay. We need to make technology available to clients to apply for the jobs. Libraries have computers, and that's wonderful. But if there's a three-hour wait for a computer and you only have two hours of childcare, so our career center is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Drop in anytime you need to. It's fully um, uh, a business office, if you will, so it has a phone and a shredder and a computer, and we have more than 2,000 resources, including webinars and tutorials that they can use on their own, templates for resumes, examples of cover letters, or they can do that one-on-one with an HR professional. So much more than just dressing for success. That's <laughs> it. Really doesn't say the whole picture, does it? The the, the name doesn't at no, all that's, tell the picture. It's almost like an entree, if you will. Mm-hmm, yeah. But again, once they cross that threshold, our style consultants and our team will give to them information on one of the uh, or some of the other steps that they can take to succeed in securing employment. But then, to your point, the financial education is critical. Because most of these women, if they've been out of work for a while, and although we hear about the lowest unemployment rates that we've had in years, the reality is a lot of these people are no longer eligible for unemployment benefits, so those numbers are not being counted in the unemployment rates. And so having these resources available to them, giving them the confidence to go and pursue, um, learning how to manage that money, um, knowing what may or may not come up in a credit check. A lot of employers are doing credit checks now. So we've got clients who, we had one client who, a uh, single mom, uh, took her several years to get her bachelor's, finally got her bachelor's degree. We're so excited for her. She applied for a job. I don't need to share the employer's name, but right. they did a credit check, and they found out that she had bounced a check six years and ten months before they rescinded the job offer. Oh. Now, had we done the credit check ahead of time, which is a resource that we're going to make available um, beginning this year, um, we want it to be a safe place. We don't want people to walk in and say, oh, they're doing a right. credit check on us. It's, it's a voluntary uh, exercise. But had she known that was in her credit um, background, she could have been proactive in sharing that with the employer ahead of time. I yeah, want you to know. addressed it. I want you to know I bounced a check, thought? you know, almost seven years ago to buy baby formula for right. my, my child. Now, that woman had already given up her part-time job. She wound up selling her blood every week in order to pay for groceries. I mean, you just don't know what people are going through. And so um, we don't ask people to share their background with us. If they want to, that's up to them. Um, Their backstory is their backstory. Their journey with us begins when they cross that threshold. But if we can help them be proactive in addressing some of the issues, then, then we can help them craft what that message is when they talk to the employers. I can just imagine walking into a place, feeling feeling probably fairly desperate a lot of those people when they walk into your when when they walk into your office and your doors and just feeling like all of a sudden you have a team to support you and hold you yeah. up. You can't put a dollar figure on that. No, that, you can't. that is that's about the most rewarding career that I've heard of. And, I, and that's why we wanted to talk about this and share with our ladies and say, 
just as you said, you could be at any level and go even just give a few hours a week, but you can really make a difference in someone's life. Absolutely. And if you don't have the time, that's okay. There'll be time down the road that you might have the time. And so we are always um, grateful for gifts of time, talent, and treasure. And we have a campaign coming up, International Women's Day, which is March 8th. And we're encouraging those who can't come in to consider donating an hour of your pay, your hour, her power. I mean, there's so many ways to get involved. Corporations, they have charitable dollars, they have marketing dollars. And we always try to give them a very generous benefit package. More bang for their buck, if you will. Yeah. I know when I left, when I moved, and I, I was trying to pare down, and I just gave bags and boxes of things to... Um, media to bring to to dress for success because yeah. those women can use it and if you're not wearing it ladies or using it right. think of donating your clothes to an organization either dress for success in your area or any other organization that could help women out now how many dress for successes are there in the united states do you know? Oh, gosh. Uh, the majority of the affiliates are in the United States. Um, there's a list on our website. You okay. can go to the Dress for Success website and then click on USA, and then they'll have a list of affiliates by state. Great, because yeah. this is a wonderful organization. I've known many women who have come and volunteered, and you never hear anything but positive kudos for you, Curry. As Thank well you. as the organization. And I know you are the, I know you don't like to talk about it or tote it, but we do know that you are the face of Dress for Success in Charlotte. And everyone in Charlotte is uh, super appreciative and only has ama- amazing things to say about you. So we appreciate you taking the time Thank to you. be with us today. And yes. Jamie, we'll let you ask this question. Well, we always like to ask um, our guests at the end of the show. Uh, what is it, Curry, that keeps you ageless in mind and spirit these days? Hmm. Well, I am uh, a new empty nester, so my husband and I are going through a, another um, phase of our relationship, kind of back in the days before children, and um, we just love spending time together. We go to the mountains on the weekend, love to pick up a book on a Friday, and if I can finish it by Sunday, that makes me really happy. And um, I enjoy cooking. I enjoy cooking for other people. I find it to be very, very therapeutic, and I always like trying new things. So um, You sound like one of us. Yeah, you <laughs> definitely like- do. Well, and don't you find that the empty nest, I think everyone's kind of afraid a little bit of the empty nest, and then if you have a good relationship or you work on your relationship with your husband, it's actually a really, it's a bit of a reinvention. It is. Because all of a sudden you have this time with one another without the stresses of children and being worried about the children. And it's, it can be a really fun time again. It is. And we're fortunate. Our children, children, 26 and 24, are local. So um, we get to see them and, and spend time with them. But yeah, it's it's very different this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I still like them after thirty I years. Know, isn't it great? <laughs> we have the same thing, so we're, we all feel very fortunate yes. about that yeah. for sure. Well, again, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule. Even today was a very busy day for you, and we love sharing dress for success with our ladies. And we'll have all the information on our show notes and on our website great. about. Dress for success. Yes, and just go to ladiesroadmap.com and all the information will be there. Thank you so much, Curry. Oh, we'll be sharing you. some pictures. You've got we've got some great pictures of your beautiful uh, 
dressing room. Well, we're very fortunate because that facility is featured on the websites around the world, and um, we just wanted it to be special and have that little wow factor when the women walk in. Oh, yeah. So they know they feel like they're getting an experience, a full experience. They're in a very special place. Yes. yes. Well, well, we can tell that just by talking to you. So thank, thank you, you very much, Gary, for all that you're doing. This episode is brought to you by the Ladies Roadmap Journal. Is your life on autopilot? To Jamie, I think to have excitement in life, you have to stay curious and keep chasing your dreams. Exactly, Lana. And that's why this self-care life planning journal, it's, it's unlike any journal you've ever used before. It's so easy and it's a way to get clarity on your thoughts and intentions. Think of it as a way to jumpstart your day or you may want to wind down your day by getting those thoughts rolling around on paper and out of your head. My favorite part is getting clear on the one thing that I want to accomplish today. And I love focusing on my gratitude for the day. That's the feedback we've been getting from the ladies that have been using the journal. They've been sharing on how the journal is affecting their lives in such a positive way. Well, we created this journal because like you, all we want to do is live a fulfilled life and stay ageless in mind and spirit. Watch your life unfold as you align and direct your intentions. To get started today, purchase your life planning journal at ladiesroadmap.com. If you want to stay up to date with our five-star podcast, be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You'll never miss an episode and you'll see our latest tried and true lifestyle products. You can sign up at ladiesroadmap.com. And ladies, if you like our show, please take a minute to subscribe and rate our podcast because it's super important so that other women can easily find the show. You can do it on iTunes, or to make it even easier, we've put a link in the show notes on our website.